if you can't enjoy going to work, you shouldn't go there. <laughs> you know, if you can't enjoy the people that you're around, you know, that that just isn't something you need to be a part of. It's toxic, in fact. So, you know, you just have to move on. But uh, no, it was awesome. You know, like I look back and think about those days and as far as a staff, those were some of the best things. And I wholeheartedly think it was because of what we did, you know, bringing those different activities to everyone. And man, I I can't believe some of the stuff I did. Like those years, like I took a, a tuba and was playing a tuba down the hallway, like escorting the, the class. Like no other place on the planet would, would somebody get away with that. But I'm just playing. You know, walking by the counselor and she's like, don't make noise. And I'd be like, ah, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> so 2008 was a tough time in, in North Carolina and through the country, right? That was when the housing crisis hit and uh, the economy wasn't doing real well. So when I went down to North Carolina, it was all right, I'm going to get a teaching job. And then it ended up that, no, you're not. Um, there's not very many spots. They're cutting teachers. And then they started cutting administrative staff and central office staff. And it was like, all right, well, this isn't going to really work. So my undergrad degree is in history. So I was a certified social studies teacher. So when I moved to North Carolina, I was working at the clothing store. I was volunteering at the fire station and I was substitute teaching. has been split um i have been putting you know the time in for education for teaching uh and all of the homework and all the papers and all of the you know everything that goes into the preparation and involvement of being an educator uh for public schools and then um i would be a firefighter or a, uh, or, or an engineer you know the, the driver of the, the, the apparatus or now i'm an officer so it was split you know i was when I left the school building, I had to forget about teaching to make my mind set for the fire station. And when I left the fire station, I had to leave it, right, to get in the mindset of teaching. Um, because there was no, I, I couldn't do that to the people that I was serving, whether that be the students or whether that be the citizens. If I was this is Travis Atkinson, teacher, firefighter, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Here we are, folks, and we are back, live to record from the Sanctorium of Strength out here in Michigan. This is your Iron Dread Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. This week, we have special guest Travis Atkinson coming in. Travis is, there, there's so many ways to describe Travis, and you're going to hear more about him in a few minutes. Uh, he, he's done a lot in his life, uh, from being an educator to being a firefighter, an EMT, an emergency room technician, fighting on the front lines of this COVID pandemic. Uh, he worked for airlines, clothing stores. Like, Travis has done a ton of stuff, and we talk about it in the podcast. He is, in fact, a hustler. And you're going to uh, get to hear more about him. And he's uh, a guy that enjoys life. And uh, he's a good good friend of mine. And I'm glad to have the opportunity to have him on. So, but before we get to Travis, I just want to thank you all for listening. Remember, if you are an Apple user, 
please subscribe and give us a rating and review. All other podcast platforms, please subscribe. And folks, share share this podcast with your friends. Uh, shout out uh, again to everyone that enjoyed uh, Coach C.T. Chatham on episode 45 last week. Um, and Corey Juby again this week for sharing out that episode of of the podcast thank you sir um please share the podcast the only way this podcast gets any traction is if we share it uh with our friends so please uh share the podcast and i will uh give you a shout out here on the airwaves next week also don't forget to follow us on social media our our podcast handle is at iron dread pod that's at Iron Dread Pod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, the at Iron Dread Pod handle. I started a few weeks ago, looking to draw more people to that, uh, so you could keep up with the show there. But of course, you could follow me at Coach underscore Whitaker on Twitter at Coach underscore Whitaker sixty six on Instagram um, to keep up with the podcast as well. But please follow our social media handles. And again, share, share, share. Can't thank you enough for doing that. I'd also like to give a shout out to our international listeners. Uh, Iron Dread Podcast now being enjoyed across eight countries, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to all our listeners, not only here in the United States, but Ireland, Russia, Germany, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and new on our list, the nation of India. Thank you all uh, for enjoying the Iron Dread podcast and keeping up with us each week. Uh, Last week's episode with C.T. Chatham got a lot of positive responses. I know Coach Chatham was very fired up about it. Don't forget to check out his final episode of his podcast, We Ready, available on Spotify every Friday. Every Friday. This is episode 11 of 11 coming up this Friday. So check that out. If you haven't listened to Coach Chatham's podcast and you're a football guy or you're a coach uh, in any way, shape, or form, uh, check that out. A lot of, lot of good um, things there for football coaches to take away from Coach Chatham's podcast. Also, uh, before we get to uh, Travis Atkinson, our guest this week, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to young Jeremiah Johnson, one year old. Jeremiah Johnson is this week. Jeremiah is the son of former guest, multi-time guest, head football coach at Kingston High School in Kingston, New York, Quentin Johnson. Also, Coach Chatham uh, is having surgery this week. We'd like to wish him all the best as well. And uh, finally, a few weeks ago, uh, one of our own was in a uh, bad car accident here in the in the Dexter area. One of our players, football players and power lifters and all-around good kids, um, was in a, a car accident. I haven't gotten permission from his family to bring up his name, but I uh, just wanted to let the family know and, and that individual, if he hears this, uh, we are thinking about you. Good to see that you're getting better. Uh, the young man's name is Joe. I won't mention his last name, but the young man's name is Joe. Uh, and uh, we're thinking about you and, and hopefully that uh, you're getting well and we'll uh, hopefully we'll see you 
I'm back home soon and uh, get to see you again. Alright, so without any further ado, folks, I give you episode number 46 with Mr. Travis Atkinson. Here we are, and we're back live to record from the Sanctorium of Strength. It is your favorite weekly podcast, the Iron Dread Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker, sitting here chatting with an old friend from my time in North Carolina, Mr. Travis Atkinson. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here. Uh, it's uh, We've been talking about doing this for a little bit, and I'm glad you're here because I think you got a great story to share with our listeners. Travis currently is in McAllen, Texas, which is five minutes uh, from the United States-Mexico border. Uh, when him and I, when, when we met, we worked together and coached together at Wesley Middle School in Sanford, North Carolina. Uh, Travis is a certified phys ed and uh, history teacher, in North Carolina. He currently, he has many other things. There's a, quite a list of attributes to describe this man. Um, we'll start with what he's currently doing. He's currently working down there in McAllen, Texas as an ER tech. Um, he is an EMT. He's a firefighter. He's still teaching uh, students in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, virtually. Um, and he's teaching firefighting and EMS uh, for a public service academy in Chapel Hill, teaching kids uh, to be firemen and EMTs. Uh, he's doing a lot of different things. Uh, what else? Are, oh, work, working at the airport as a uh, baggage claim handler so he could travel around the country on standby tickets. Uh, Travis Atkinson is a hustler, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we're bringing him in here to kind of tell a lot of his experiences. <laughs> uh, so, Every day, every day, every day. I've never, I've never known somebody that hustles and works like this man. And again, that's why I wanted to have him on. Um, I learned a lot from him in our time in North Carolina, uh, and you know, I, I miss getting to see him every day at work. So tell the people, Travis, uh, kind of how. Uh, there's a lot of different stops here, but kind of what's your story? Like, where did, where did you grow up? Uh, how did you wind up in North Carolina? How'd you wind up in Texas and doing all these different things that you've done? So I think to, to touch on your hustling comment is, you know, I, I think of myself as like an opportunist, right? Like, um, I think that, uh, you know, and I, I read a lot and listen to a lot of audio books and things, uh, but, uh, you got to be able to take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves. And, and that's kind of the way that I've done a lot of things. Um, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, um, small town, graduated 72 people. Uh, that's in my entire graduating class. Um, left, you know, left there, went to college, um, moved, went to Slippery Rock University, about two hours from my hometown. Um, I chose that place because it was far enough away that my mom couldn't come and just drop in and surprise me, but it was close enough that I could go home if I needed something. Right. Um, so that's kind of, you know, why I chose that stuck there for six years. Um, went and got my, my undergrad and went right into my master's. Um, did a lot of stuff there. I'm sure we'll touch on some of that stuff a little bit, but, uh, Graduated in the, the summer, right, July of uh, 2008, and uh, my buddy's like, I, I went 
got my master's in education and I got to be pretty close with a bunch of uh, people that were all teachers. Well, the university that I was a part of, um, they had a summer internship student teaching um, in North Carolina. So a bunch of my friends and their significant others at the time, now they're currently you know married, um, they moved down. They were like, hey, we're going down there. We got jobs. We just got done student teaching. They offered us jobs. Uh, so we're going to go down there. You want to go? So I graduated July 27th, um, 2008. And I was like, yeah, I don't have anything else to do. I signed my lease August 12th. <laughs> like two weeks later, I, you know, I moved down there. I had, uh, I didn't have a job really. I, I didn't have, uh, you know, any money for say I had some student loan money that I'd banked. that was, you know, sitting around, but, uh, I was like, well, there's nothing for me really in Pennsylvania, so I might as well go down there. So um, my mom packed up her Jeep. We took a trailer, and that was it. I moved down there, and uh, the rest is, uh, you know, as they say, history as far as uh, my younger days. Mm -hmm. yeah, and moved to, moved to North Carolina. Um, you were in, uh, in some schools around the Raleigh area uh, before we met uh, down in Sanford. And you know we coached coach football together there, and the whole time we were we were teaching together and coaching together. Uh, this man was a member of Western Wake, right? Western Wake County uh, Fire right. Department. Um, and you know, for for me, I thought that was really cool. I grew up uh, in a volunteer fire department and getting to see you know Travis doing both you know, both things at the same time. So kind of what, what led you to uh, Western Wake uh, fire? Well, you know, I, I was always interested in, in, in town that I came from. Um, we had the sirens that would go off when something happened. And as a kid, I would always run up the hill because the fire station was right across the street. So I'd run up the hill and I'd look to see what was going on. You know, everybody's always interested. And then it was like, well, I don't know. Like, what do you do about it? You know, like there's, there's all, it's all good to look, but you know, what good's it going to do to look and not do anything? So it was like, all right, well, when I turned 18, um, I then, cause that's like the age to like officially, like, sure. I messed around with the fire department before that. But uh, when I turned 18, that was in 2002. And it was like, all right, well now I'm going to do something about it. So a buddy of mine, uh, he was like, Hey, I'm thinking about joining a fire department. You want to do it with me? And I was like, okay, like, why not? Right. Um, and we went through it. We went through it. So that was an entirely volunteer department. Um, you know, you're sitting at your house and your the siren goes off. So you take the, the teardrop light, you put it on the roof of your car and away you go, you know, um, <laughs> I kind of miss those days, but, uh, yeah, you, you, that's what you did, you know, and then uh, I did that when I was in college a little bit, um, joined the department um, where, where I was there. And then when I moved down, like when I moved down to North Carolina, um, I ended up being a manager in a clothing store. There was a job that I had in college and I just kind of transferred from Pennsylvania down here to the, the local one that they had here. So it was kind of funny because the, the fire marshal come around and he was doing his inspection and I just kind of talked with him 
And he was like, hey, I think that, uh, you know, this would be a good fit. This is the department that you should go to. It's local. And it ended up that it was a baseball's throw from my apartment that I lived at. Uh, so he was like, yeah, go check it out. So I did. Um, that was in, uh, yeah, like I say, 2009-ish, you know, like probably the end of 2008, beginning of 2009. And then I started doing it. Now, when I did it, it was like, well, I have to redo all of these certification classes because, you know, some of the stuff didn't transfer over and whatever. And I was like, all right, I'll take that on, whatever. It'll be fun. I enjoy doing it. I got done with all the classes. They took me off of probation, that introductory period. And then they started paying me. And I was like, wait a second, what? Like, this is something that I've done for eight years, you know, uh, just for the, just for the fun of it, you know, just for the, the satisfaction of, you know, doing the right thing. And here they're going to pay me for it. And I was like, okay, I'm in. And at the time, like I said, I moved to North Carolina without a job. So I've got, you know, one job I'm working as a, as a manager making not much. Um, you know, it was like $9 an hour or something at the time. It was crazy. Um, and I was like, all right, well, now they're going to pay me for this. This is great. And then I kept going and taking more classes, getting more certifications, giving more time in. And then, uh, you know, I become part-time. And then I start to be, you know, not only now am I a firefighter, but now I'm a driver. And currently I'm an officer there. So, you know, worked my way up over the past, you know, 10 years of being there. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. You know, I think that uh, – I don't know what the greatest job on the planet is, but it's hard for me to decide. I think I've got two of the best ones. <laughs> for sure. So how did you wind up getting, I mean, you said you had your master's in education and there was, um, you know, friends of yours that were teachers and went to North Carolina. How did you get into that side of things? Were, were you, were you, you said you were a manager at the clothing store. When did it become that you're teaching and firefighting? So 2008 was a tough time in, in North Carolina and through the country, right? That was when the housing crisis hit and uh, the economy wasn't doing real well. So when I went down to North Carolina, it was, all right, I'm going to get a teaching job. And then it ended up that, no, you're not. Um, there's not very many spots. They're cutting teachers. And then they started cutting administrative staff and central office staff. And it was like, all right, well, this isn't going to really work. So my undergrad degree is in history, so I was a certified social studies teacher. So when I moved to North Carolina, I was working at the clothing store, I was volunteering at the fire station, and I was substitute teaching. So that's kind of where I was using my teaching stuff. But it got to be a real pain in the ass, substitute teaching, because every day you have to log in and try to find a job. And there's so many people that are trying to compete for jobs and it's it was just tough you know like you never know if you're going to work the next day you never know you know what that job may be you know and, and it was just where uh, wake county is a huge place you know so you're looking at something that's pretty far away you know that you could be driving like all right well so i took some long-term subbing things um and that could be a month or two months at a time or whatever um and making this a little shorter of a story, it ended up, uh, again, uh, I checked the right box. This lady, the secretary called me one night of this one middle school and she says, uh, are you interested in a long-term subbing spot? And I was like, yeah, I don't care what it is. If it's long-term, I'm in. Cause then I don't have to log in every day to try to find 
you know, a, another job. It's consistency. It's, you know, people can start to know me, whatever. Um, and I was like, all right, when do I start? And she's like, as soon as you can, we'll start tomorrow. I was like, all right. So I showed up the next day, two, three weeks later, I asked this lady, I said, why me? Why, why did you pick me for this spot? And she says, cause you checked a box on your substitute application that you'd be willing to come into this BST classroom. I didn't know what BST was. I just checked the box. I'd do anything. It ended up that that was a behavioral support classroom through the special programs, special education. That changed my life. Like checking that box, it changed everything. Um, I ended up, I mean, still the economy was bad, but that substitute spot turned into a teacher assistant position. Uh, now, mind you, like some of this is I'm, I'm swallowing pride, right? Because I have, a, I have a master's in education and now I'm being a teacher assistant, but I'm doing it on the basis of I got to pay my dues. Um, I got to let people know that I'm a good you know, good person, good worker, whatever, you know, and just work my way up, you know, like, why not? Um, at the time, right, when I, when I first started, I was like, well, I want to be a principal, right? And, and I'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, I want to be a principal. So why wouldn't I want to know what every job is in the school? So I was doing these, the, this teacher assistant thing for two years, and I kind of got under the wing of this guy that I was, that was kind of like my teacher that I was assisting, right? He was the teacher of the classroom. I was the assistant. And I was learning all these intricacies of special education, all of the IEPs and such, and specifically the behavioral stuff, which is a whole nother challenging part of, of, you know, this educational process. And, uh, he was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to leave because he wanted to be a principal. So he's like, I got, I got this thing. I'm going to try to be a principal. He says, you should take my spot. And I was like, what do I need to take your spot? He says, you just need to pass the praxis tests. And I was like, okay. So I said, I scheduled myself for it. I didn't study. Not one, not one piece of information. I sat down at this thing. I had to take two tests. I took them both. I was like, I'm going to take them and then I'm going to know what I missed. And then I'll study for it and take it the next time. I passed them both. Now, I give myself no credit for that. In fact, I say that the test is designed, you know, in a way that it should be more difficult. Um, I shouldn't have been able to do that. I took one college class in special education my entire career. It was a four-week class during the summer. That was it. Um, so then I started being a special education teacher. Like, he, he left, went to another uh, school as a, as a principal, and I took his spot. Um, and I was there for, I don't know, five or six years. Then after that, I kind of got burnt out a little bit. Um, and that's when uh, I made my way to you and uh, we, we met. We spent some good time together down there at Wesley having, having a lot of fun. Uh, I, I still tell people about that, like how as a, as a staff, we tried and a lot of it was, was you and I brainstorming things. Uh, for us, the, the teaching staff that we worked with kind of bonded pretty closely because we were, we would all do things. We would have, we'd have fun and uh, find ways to do it. If you can't enjoy going to work, you shouldn't go there. 
<laughs> you know, if you can't enjoy the people that you're around, you know, that, that just isn't something you need to be a part of. It's toxic, in fact. So, you know, you just have to move on. But uh, no, it was awesome. You know, like I look back and think about those days. And as far as a staff, those were some of the best things. And I wholeheartedly think it was because of what we did, you know, bringing those different activities to everyone. And man, I, I can't believe some of the stuff I did. Like those years, like I took a, a tuba and was playing a tuba down the hallway, like <laughs> escorting the class yeah <laughs> like no other place on the planet would would somebody get away with that but i'm just oh no I, you know walking by the counselor and she's like don't make noise and i was like ah. <laughs> you know like <laughs> and if we didn't have that relationship with devin rawson the band the band director you would have never got your hands on one well don't tell him i had a key so i could uh, take it myself <laughs> but uh <laughs> Uh, man, oh, when we when we were doing, uh, you you had a a skeleton that you took out of the health room yeah. and brought it with you into the gym and had yourself in the wheelchair with the skeleton putting its arm around your shoulder. <laughs> That's one of my favorite pictures of that place. Somebody took it and put it in like that grayscale like um, picture form. I don't know what it is, yeah. but that <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, jamming, jamming to music in the gym. Uh, w when we built the weight room there, doing doing uh, the tr CT Fletcher tricep gauntlet. Oh, <laughs> remember, remember, oh. remember when we had Rawson come in and do it with us? I was just thinking, yeah, <laughs> he like he couldn't move his arms for like a week, and I don't even think he finished. I think oh, he just yeah. did like three sets up. Like he did the three weights on the way up and he's like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, well. Yeah, I, it was shout out to Devin Rawson if, he, if he's listening to this. I, I haven't spoken with him in a while. I would like to see what he's up to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we had a lot of, a lot of fun there at, at Wesley Middle School, you know, coaching together, um, you know, messing with our school accountant slash bookkeeper, Miss Beth Barber. You think she's going to listen to this? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, if you send it to her, she'll probably listen and she'll <laughs> shake her head the whole time. <laughs> you know, she's retired living on the beach now, I hear. Uh, oh, but, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, we had – Drinking fireball, no doubt. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> kicking back, having some adult beverages and, and, and having fun. I'm sure, but oh man, when, when the laser tag fundraiser, wow. and, and that was something that we had talked about doing, and we started. I wound up coming to Michigan, and you carried it through, and you guys had it. It, it was, uh, yeah, we went to the laser tag place. We brought the fundraiser to school. Yep. Um, we went to uh, uh, panic rooms. Yep. Um, I think we just had a cookout somewhere, like well, at the park, right, or something. Didn't we do yeah. that? Um, well, well, as a department, we used to cook. We used to have lunch on on Fridays, that, and that was Friday that was that was your idea. Yeah. We, we'd yep. make something, and the, and the four four of us that were teaching in phys ed, we we would all have uh, have food. So yeah, we had a lot of fun. I I, I do miss that because I mean I I have fun here at, at my at my new school, but the the staff is not. 
It's not like we were. Well, we get at the middle school level, and that was a small place relatively, you know, like there was, what, 700 students in a school, something like that. So it was a relatively small middle school from what I'm understanding now, you know. The middle school that I taught at was 1,300 students before coming there, so it's half the size. Yeah. Now I'm in a high school of 3,000 students of 150 staff members. Like, how do you get that many people to be, you know, cohesive, you know, as, as we were, you know? And uh, I'm not going to lie, too. I mean, we had the administrator for it, you know. Uh, he, yeah. he was pretty flexible and, um, you know, do your job and, and you know, don't make people call him and you were all right with it, but. Oh. Yeah, we had, we had some fun. You, you came up with the great idea of, of rotating our schedule around and completely revamp that. And that, that made it, you know, cause at times, you know, we, we were dealing with some difficult situations there and that some of those, some of those things just as simple as, all of us teachers teach our specialty within phys ed and health and then rotate the students. You know. It's a mind boggling concept. I mean, they just do it in college, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you just, why, why not try to take those same lessons and, and apply it? And then of course you have people that are interested in what they're doing. You know, you being a strength and conditioning guy, like you're absolutely going to be more, you know, involved in, and the students are going to pick up on that excitement of, you know, physical fitness, of strength training, of conditioning, of, you know, what you're putting into your body and, you know, making yourselves a fine-tuned machine, you know, whereas, uh, you know, for me, for instance, and, and we had to teach all the students uh, CPR in eighth grade, like I'm an EMT. You know, like, and I enjoy, like, I think that I'm good at CPR, you know, the science behind it, the motions that are involved in it, like all of those things. And I have the experience because I've done it numerous, numerous times, you know, instead of some people that don't like it's, it's, I don't know, when you think about it, to me, it makes sense. But, you know, the next administrator came in and quickly stopped that. Just so uh, uh, man. That that was no because hey, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, we, you know we wanted, uh, you know, my now wife Katie and I. We you know we, we wanted to we wanted to get get to Michigan, but when when I left, like we we had a pretty good machine running there, and uh, you know it was a it was kind of a bittersweet thing. Yeah, I was accomplishing the goal of getting to move to Michigan, but at the same time, I was like, hey, we we, we had our we had our machine cooking there. That's right. You know we we were doing we were doing well. So after after Lee County, um, you wind up heading up there, and you went right to this to the um, you know Chapel Hill High School from Lee County, or was there another education stop? No, in that was it. You know, like so as we've discussed, like my life has been split. Um, I have been putting you know the time in for education for teaching, uh, and all of the homework and all the papers and all of the, you know, everything that goes into the preparation and involvement of being an educator uh, for public schools. And then um, I would be a firefighter or, a, uh, or, or an engineer, you know, the, the driver of the, the, the apparatus, or now I'm an officer. So it was split. You know, I was, when I left the school building, I had to forget about teaching to make my mind set for the fire station. 
And when I left the fire station, I had to leave it, right, to get in the mindset of teaching. Um, because there was no, I, I couldn't do that to the people that I was serving, whether that be the students or whether that be the citizens, if I was responding. So um, this opportunity came up. I mean, it was, a, it was I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I enjoyed Lee, Lee County. I enjoyed the middle school that I was teaching at. Um, but I started, I promoted to, in Lee County, to be the athletic director, the department chair, you know, and some other titles. Um, and we got a new principal and she and I butted heads bad, mm -hmm. like real bad. Um, and this, not to say that I wouldn't have fought through it because, you know, it meant a lot to me and I made a lot of promises that I didn't keep up when I was in Lee County. Like I, I wanted to make it a great place. Um, I had plans in place to make it great, you know, and, uh, you know, she and I didn't seem uh, see eye to eye. So this opportunity came up where I could be a teacher at a high school teaching fire classes, teaching young students, high school students, what it took certification level classes to become a firefighter and then to become an EMT. So that when, with the objective of when they graduate high school, they are fully hireable for a career department. That's, that's for me, right? Two things. One, it's genius, right? It, it is an absolute necessity that there are firefighters um, at a young age that are willing to go into the fire service. I mean, that's just, uh, I think that's a very important part. And for me, this took both of my passions, right? Teaching uh, in public schools and the fire department and merging them together. So now I could take everything and I can wholeheartedly 100% do one thing. When I'm at the fire station, I can now think about teaching because when I'm teaching, I could be teaching my students the same thing that I do at the fire station. Mm -hmm. It would be a review at the fire station where it might be the first time for the students. Mm -hmm. but like it is, com it is completely able to cross over now. Mm -hmm. And with that, it's a great flexibility that, you know, I can sit back and just relax, you know, and just listen and learn and just pass knowledge. Like I am absolutely a facilitator at this point, yep. which is great. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're teaching the next generation of, of firemen and, and EMTs. And like you said, you're not, it doesn't have to be two different things now. Like you could be, you could go through an experience on a call as a member of the fire service and then take that experience that literally just happened and use that experience to teach lessons to your students. And I think that's the best kind of thing we can do. Like I can take anything that you see in the news, you know, and I could be like, look at what's happening. Bro, I wish I could share you. I'll send it to you. I have a student right now. I'm still doing this virtual teaching, right? She is working at a food lion. Um, and she took this picture of a person walking out of the food line with a grocery cart. Common, right? This person is walking out of the food line with a five-gallon bucket on their head with eyes cut out. <laughs> because of the COVID, right? They're using this bucket as their mask. I'll send you the picture. You won't believe it. I'm like, all right. So, so I was, uh, 
she sent this to me. We were talking about it, uh, you know, in class one day, you know, how things were going and, you know, what, and she's like, yeah, I got that. Send it to me. You got to send it to me. And I showed it to the kids and I was like, what do you think about this picture? I didn't prompt them at all. I was like, what do you think about this? And they're like, some people are idiots. <laughs> and I was like, that's job security. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, whatever your thoughts are, I don't know what the what a five gallon bucket is gonna do to you know. They're like, how does this person see? I was like, yeah, like they could trip over something, they could get hit by a car, like they have no idea what's going on. They're wearing a bucket. <laughs> That sounds like something that you'd see on. Uh, I, I'm I'm sure you watch this show. Uh, it sounds like something you'd see on Tacoma FD. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that was that was one of my one of my big uh, weekly appointment uh, times where during the quarantine period was I needed to uh, make sure that I caught you know 10 p.m. on Thursday nights the episode of Tacoma FD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so now, right? You're 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 teaching at Chapel Hill High School. You're doing you're doing all that, and then the COVID pandemic hits. And what kind of got you down to Texas and got you working in the ER? Um, Facebook. Um. <laughs> That's the easy answer. Um, uh, there were postings, listings for, um, you know, the, the crisis need for emergency medical people, um, RNs, like different types of nurses, um, uh, providers, right, MPs, um, PAs, you know, and medical doctors, the whole scheme, respiratory therapists, like you name it phlebotomists you know anybody that was in a medical field uh they needed people um so this was in uh again uh, an opportunity right like june 30th i saw the listing um that they wanted people uh so I gave them a call and they said you know i had to fill out <laughs> this is funny um there's a lot of people that wanted to do this, right? Cause uh, you know, the money's pretty good. Um, and that's what, that's what they wanted, right? They're, they're, they're doing it for the money. Um, so I called in 600 times to get this, to get somebody to talk to me. We went through the entire application, like the entire process. And the last question they asked me was, do you have your license number? Not my driver's license, but like my, um, medical license number. This would be my EMT license. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I got no idea. Like, it's not something I, I was, I was at my house. Like that's at the station. Like I keep it there. Um, and they're like, well, we can't process this until you get this. And it's the last question. I was like, give me some time. She spends two or three minutes with me on the phone. And she's like, sir, there's, I mean, if you don't have it now, I mean, we, we, you got to understand that as much as we want you to come down here and help us out, I got to move on to the next person. I says, I get it. I get it. I get it. She says, you can call back though. If you, if you do <sighs> hung up the phone five minutes later, I get a call from the station. They sent me a picture of my EMT license. So I call them back three, 400 more times. I literally called a thousand times. Um, the second time I got through, I gave them all my information and they said, now this was June the 30th. 
They said you need to be in McAllen, Texas by 9 p.m. July 1st. Wow. That's the next day. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a quick turnaround. That's the next day. So I'm scheduled at the fire station on a 30. Like, this is what's still happening, right? I, they're like, you need to have black scrub. I mean, there's a list of things that you need to have in there. Like, and you need to be down here by 9 p.m. And I was like, all right, whatever. So, uh, you know, I could do this because I could do this because at the time it's the summer, right? Like we're talking about July 1st. So worst case scenario in my mind, I'm thinking I go down there for a month. Okay. Um, they're only requiring a seven day contract. So I go down there for a month. I do some things. I earn some extra money. Like it's a, a the best summer job I ever had. And then through a long process, school gets closed. You're not allowed going back, right? The, 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 the virus is shut down in-person learning. Um, even though I petitioned specifically for my program, my, my director, everybody petitioned for us to go back in person because my program, like being a firefighter requires skills, right? Hands-on skills. They said, nope. So, they kept prolonging it. Now it doesn't look like at the, at the earliest we're going to get back until second semester, which is mid-January. Um, so, again, an opportunity. I took advantage of it, and now I've been here for, you know, four months. And, you know, you were telling me a little bit, you know, and obviously I know you can only share so much, but, you know, you were telling me a little bit about kind of the um, patients coming through and the stuff that you're getting, you're seeing, and, it, you know, sounds like it's pretty rough down there. Um, yeah, you know, there's, it really, like, it pains me. It pains me when I look at social media and I look at the news and, I've always believed that there's, you know, like the, the two sides of the story. So you listen to both of them and the truth is in the middle, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think that it's quite as bad as what the media projects, but I also think it's worse than what most people think. Um, in my personal experiences, I've seen babies 11 day old that have Corona. And, and what do you do for an 11 year old or 11 day old that has this, you know, like it's, it's painful to, to see, you know, something as innocent as that struggling. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen, I've seen, you know, sure. The area that I'm in, the, the people down here have a, a predisposition, medical issues, right? High blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, you know, like there's, there's genetics, things like that, that play into this population being more susceptible than others, right? Socioeconomics, I think, plays a part of it. Um, there's a lot of things that, that, that do that. But people are getting sick and people are dying at every age, every, you know, all the genders, all the religions, all the ethnicities, like it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter, you know, like um, it's something that needs to be taken seriously. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that um, you can say, oh, well, I'm not going to catch it. Well, you're 20 years old. I saw it. <clears throat> There's a, there was, I think he was 28 years old. He was in good health. He started showing symptoms of Corona. 
he was in the hospital for two days. In two days, he was intubated, um, which, you know, they sedate you, so you, 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 you lose all of your drive and stuff, right? They put you on the machines to keep everything normal, right, to get everything up. And they took him from that point uh, one week, and he was dead, a 28-year-old. You know, like, of course, we see, you know, the media and whatnot is saying that this is an, an elderly thing, you know, people in, in that are older, you know, that have health problems, sure, but do not be, do not be so, you know, oblivious to the fact that anybody can do this, you could carry it, you know, like, people that thought, no, this isn't going to happen to me, our states are good, you know, like now, um, I mean, you'll, this will air in a couple of weeks, but um, what's happening in the Midwest right now, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, like, um, and think about the weather that's going on there too, right? Like now it's getting cold. Now the regular flu is coming around. So now you've got the regular flu plus the coronavirus plus the pneumonia that could come because of the temperatures and stuff, right? It's just you got to take care of yourself, you know, like there's a point where we just have to, you know, put our big boy pants on, you know, play an adult for a little while and uh, just take care of ourselves and take care of one another. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not, it's not something to be, be taken lightly by any means. I mean, for us, like, you know, we have, we're playing fall sports, um, here we're playing football. Uh, so our kids have we have mandates that have to be in with masks, and they wear a, a, a spit guard across the bottom of their their face mask uh, when their helmets on. I mean, we were playing and practicing with actual masks on uh, the whole time, which that was pretty rough for the the kids. Um, so thankfully, they kind of made it where if they have the spit guard on when their helmets on, they're okay. If their helmet comes off, then their mask has to come on. Um, but I mean, we're, we're we're training in the weight room, smaller groups, disinfecting everything when they're done, and you know, all in all, knock on wood, you know, where we are, you know, we've been following the protocols and checking everybody out, and, and we've been we've been doing okay. So, but obviously, other places uh, it's hitting a lot harder than 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 others. But we'll pause there for a brief word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with Travis Atkinson's answers to his speed set questions and much more. You're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. This is Zach Bagby, Wu-Tang enthusiast, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. All right. Um, so I think this is probably a good, a good part in the show. I, I like to, to throw in this little segment called speed set questions. All right. And, you know, we talked a lot about kind of how you, you know, where you started getting all the way to where you are right now. And if there's something that you want to go back and touch on uh, that we didn't get to, you know, just uh, let me know. But the speed set questions are kind of like little quick ones, like personal questions, like getting to know a little bit more about you. Okay. And these never go fast. They always become <laughs> they always become talking points for something else, and they stretch out, and that's completely fine because it's fun to to talk about stuff. Now, this first question I'm going to ask you, and I and I know you know we're friends. You've come up 
you've come up to Michigan, um, and I know this might be a hard question for you to answer because uh, I know where your true loyalties lie. But are you a go blue or go green guy? I've got two words for you. <laughs> On Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> as I would expect nothing Woo! less <laughs> I would expect nothing less uh, Travis is a huge Wisconsin Badgers fan he came up uh, to a Michigan Wisconsin game uh, my wife who uh, who is one of the biggest Michigan fans I know has grown up in the Michigan football program um, we had special wristbands that day where we could go down on the field uh, pre-game and my wife made Travis wear a Michigan <laughs> coat. And there is a picture of him uh, on my – I think it's still on my refrigerator. <laughs> I cannot live that down, right? <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I would do it again, right? But, uh, you know, the experience of that was remarkable, right? Like, the again, I'm a guy of opportunity, you know, like uh, – uh, it wasn't like I rooted against Wisconsin during that game because as soon as I was able to, I took that thing off. Um, <laughs> and I was sitting in the middle of the section, the only person wearing red, and I was, uh, you know, excited about that. But, uh, you know, the game didn't end up as I would have liked. But still, you know, being on the field, uh, seeing the, you know, being in the tunnel, you know, um, seeing the interactions that, that you and um, – your wife now has with, uh, you know, the different players and coaches and things like that. Like you can't, you can't make that up, you know, and, and the only way to know is to be there. And if I had to put a jacket on, uh, I mean, I'm not going to like it, but you know. <laughs> no, it was fun. And when the, when the world gets back normal here, um, you know, we'd love to have you back again. Cause when you came up, we were still living in an apartment. Now, now we got a house. We got a little more, uh, a little oh, yeah, more room. So, um, so the next question I got for you is your, your favorite movie. Oh, this is tough. You know, I've thought about this. Everybody asks you this question, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like going back to my childhood, you know, I'll give you a couple of stages of movies, cool runnings. <laughs> when I was a kid, Oh, cool runnings. Um, yeah, that was, that was it. Um, I'm really, uh, you know, the action kind of guy. Uh, the Expendables series is pretty good. You know, I like, uh, I like all of those those older actors now. Just you know, still doing what they do. That was pretty. I would say that's that's pretty good. Okay, cool runnings as a as a child and uh, yeah, and the Expendables as as we get older. You know, we've we've spent many times talking over different uh, different movies and and TV shows during our time together, uh, like the time Ace Ventura got loose in Wesley Middle School. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep. laughs> uh, all right, next one, and along the same lines of movies, right? TV shows. So, what's your uh, what's your favorite TV show? Probably hard to pick that too. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of uh, you know Netflix. You know, so I'm gonna go kind of along that lines, and I'm gonna say I've had a lot of good things on Netflix. Like, uh, I don't know, I could probably give a top five, but uh, I'm gonna say The Blacklist. Okay. That's when I've seen I've seen 
ads for it, but I've never, I've never watched it. Kind of, what's the premise of the show? Oh, it's great. Um, it starts out with this guy that uh, he's the most wanted person to the FBI, mm-hmm. um, and he turns himself in. He just walks into the the Hoover Building and turns himself in, and they're like, "Why did you do this?" It's like, "Well, because I've been wronged, and you know, you're gonna help me. Like, I'm gonna give you a name, and this is gonna be a high profile person, somebody that you may or may not know of that you want to arrest. You know, that will make the world a better place. And in return for this, you're going to let me be free. Like, so I'm gonna work for the FBI." Um, and, and I don't want to give too much away. It's like seven seasons now. The seventh one just come out, but, uh, yeah, he picks a specific, uh, FBI agent that he wants to work with and he does. And there's of course reasons behind that particular person. Um, and it just goes through, a a lot of twists and turns and I'm in the seventh season and I'm like, I didn't see this coming. You know, it's definitely one of those that'll, uh, catch your eye and you know keep you interested sounds good the the blacklist on on netflix all right now you're you're a busy guy you're working you're working a lot but do you have any uh any hobbies anyone that you would say is your number one this is going to be funny to most people that would know me but golfing like i've never had the patience Right. I've never had the, uh, I guess the understanding or whatever, like my thought, my grandfather always told me, he says, if something isn't working, right. If you can't get something to work, he says, get a bigger hammer. So for me to golf, it's like, you know, I'm 10 feet away from the, from the hole and I'm like pulling out my driver, you know, just trying to smash this thing. And I'm like, all right, it doesn't work. But, uh, you know, I'm starting to learn, uh, you know, that just, uh, overpowering something. I'm a big guy. You know what I mean? Like uh, 6'2", 250. And, uh, you know, strength has always been something that's come, uh, you know, easy to me. And, uh, you know, the finesse things, you know, the being being real gentle um, isn't really something that was ever in my vocabulary. You know what I mean? So uh, for me to grab this, this club and to, you know, just keep hitting it and, and, you know, it is soothing. It's the most frustrating thing I've ever done. Um, but on the other token, like when you do something, when you like, wow, all right. You know, it's like one good shot's worth like five bad shots, but, uh, it's good. You know, the more you get into it, the better you are at it, the better you are at it, the more you want to get into it. So you get into that spiral and all of a sudden it's all right. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, golf is one of those games, man. And I've had a lot of people, you know, pick up the hobby and, you know, I, I'm not, I'm no good. I, I play maybe once or twice a year, but it is, it is something fun, to, fun to do. That was the only thing that was open, yeah. right? Like in North Carolina with our, with our governor, he shut down everything else, but he left golf, golf courses open probably because yeah. it was outside. So that's why I took advantage of it. You know, from, we shut down uh school shut down in March, mm-hmm. uh, March like 16th or something. So mm-hmm. what do you do? You know, you're a teacher and you, and your, your kids are, you know, haphazardly attending and, you know, you're at home and your course is like, I was like, all right, well, I want to be outside. What can I do outside? The only thing open is golf. Well, I got clubs. Let's go, you know? So that kind of happened out of necessity that, you know, it's not like I could go do anything else. So why not do that? 
And being in the South, too, you could play pretty much year-round. Oh, yeah. So, cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, you said you're not a real finesse guy, but I've seen very few people lay a cornhole bag promptly on the board Ooh. with the with the accuracy and skillfulness of uh, one Travis Ackerton. Well, you know, are we talking before or after adult beverages? <laughs> I mean, that's a very key point in this uh, – <laughs> The science behind the bags. Hey, whatever, whatever you have to do to get your mind right for game day. That's all. It is. <laughs> that's all it is. All right. So the next one. Um, this one's a heavily debated topic um, out where I am. Um, I I get in arguments with kids. Sometimes they just say the opposite of how I feel about this certain situation just to try and set me off. Um, being a native New Yorker, uh, there are things you know that we hold very, uh, very high regard in New York, and that, of course, is pizza and chicken wings. And being from Pennsylvania, I'm sure you have your standards as well, very high in those two areas. What are you going to do right, with chicken wings? How are you going to order them? What side are you going to dip them in? Tell the folks. Well, let me start off by saying that I would much rather make my own wings. I, if, if my answer is if I'm going to have, a, if I could go buy wings somewhere or I could make my own, I would gladly make my own and I would do it by smoking them. Mm-hmm. Let me smoke some wings, whew, put a little bit of a seasoning on them and smoke them and you won't even want to put a sauce or a side like you want to dip nothing mm-hmm. that's my go-to that's my go-to i would i got a big green egg you know this um i really enjoy smoking meats like um it's becoming another science you know um i don't want to go out and eat anymore like i know that i can just make food better than i can buy it at a restaurant uh but you know, it takes a lot longer. I get it, whatever. But uh, yeah, Sundays, if I'm off on a Sunday, there is nothing that's going to keep me away from that big green egg. And if it's a football Sunday, there's going to be wings. Uh, smoked wings are your choice for this. Uh, a lot of times, and I don't know if you saw the video uh, where the guy, I think it was Lincoln, Nebraska, a guy went up and uh, went to their like, um, Senate, or, or I forget what the governing body was he was presenting in front of. Maybe it was just like the board of the city about legally changing the name of boneless wings in the city. <laughs> Have you seen that? I did see that. <laughs> Let's call them what they really are Buffalo style chicken tenders, or my favorite, or my favorite, trash. <laughs> I I agree. Like, what part of a chicken is boneless, right? Like a boneless wing. I've never seen this item. Like, it might as well be a McDonald's chicken nugget. Exactly. Like, I've never ordered a boneless wing in my life. I never plan to. And as far as I'm concerned, any self-respecting wing eater would never touch the thing. Amen. Amen, my friend. The argument that you may have, and I would, I mean, we could have this discussion is, you know, what type of the wing do you eat? 
right? Like, do you eat the winglet or do you eat the drum? Like, is there a difference? Like, which one is better? Like, that would be an argument that I would entertain. But boning versus boneless? Uh, nah. Uh, no. No. It's I, – I have it all the time. Um, a lot of these kids out here, they want to order uh, their chicken nuggets, you know, um, just – but when it comes to, you know, the two different parts of the wing, I think both have their, uh, you know, their pluses, right? Oh, yeah. you, you know, when you're, when you do it, and I'm sure you're, you're familiar with this pull technique. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of, of the flats or the winglets. Um, you know, that, that's, there's something satisfying to being able to grab that wing, pop it in your mouth, pull the meat off. Um, and then of course the drummies, you know, they, they have, uh, you seem like sometimes it feels like they have a little more meat on them, you know, than oh, yeah. the, than the, the flats, but they're all, all fun, fun and good. And I'm probably going to have to get some later this week. All right. Um, next one. Uh, are you, um, are you currently doing any sort of physical training outside of, outside of work or anything like that? I mean, you're pretty busy. Might be hard to work that stuff in. I mean, let me tell you that uh, physical fitness is crucial right like uh it doesn't matter how long it is like right now i squeeze in 30 minutes a day now i bought this new uh g-shock move they call it mm -hmm. so it's uh it's like a fitbit like most people know the, the brand fitbit but i'm a g-shock guy i love g-shock right fire department durable this thing will you know do whatever um so this thing is a fitbit like on steroids i think right so it's um, keeps track of my movements. Um, it's got uh, my steps, uh, my heartbeat, um, like the whole. Uh, it takes like a if you if you train like it keeps track. It's like got a GPS on it, so it'll take it'll map what you run. It'll give you intervals. It'll uh, like do your VO2 right. Like all of these things, it'll keep track of that stuff. Um, we used to have these competitions right? The Fitbit competitions where we would go back and forth um, and, and just compete on each other. Now, I would say that nobody else ever came close to you and I, yeah. um, and it was always between us on it. And if I was going to the airport on that day, you know, you were like, all right, this is my off day. I was like, all right, this, this guy's going to pull that card on me. Uh, but, uh, you know, I understood it. Like, it. It is what it is. You know, you pick your battles. Um <laughs> But uh, so I don't do a lot of cardio while I'm working here. So the last yeah. four months I didn't do much because I'm getting 20,000 steps in. Yeah. Moving you know, um, so my heartbeat, you know, doesn't rarely, I mean, rarely gets above a hundred, but you know, sometimes when I'm, when I'm doing something, moving people around or, you know, there's a, a crisis, you know, somebody comes in real bad in the ER, it goes up a little bit, but not because I'm training or anything. But uh, again, I'm in, a, I'm stuck in a hotel. Um, so I'm using the hotel gym which consists of um, just dumbbells. Mm -hmm. um, we've got uh, 10s to 45s. So uh, I spend, you know, six days a week if I can, right? Some days I get back and I'm just tired. You know, like last night was one of those days I just couldn't do it. But most times I try to make myself go down there. 30, 45 minutes. Um, I try to do about six exercises, more of a circuit than anything else, just you know, the low weights, you know, high reps just to, uh, you know, get myself in a, in a good spot. Um, keep my muscles moving and, uh, you know, 
try to do that. But I will tell you that uh, there's this program. It's called ROMWAD. Have you heard of this? Mm-mm. ROMWAD is a subscription program that I have, um, and it is awesome. It's called. It stands for the Range of Motion Workout of the Day, and this is like an athletic. I, it's like I want to say it's like yoga, but I think it's more. I think that yoga, I've never done yoga, right? But my mentality of yoga is it's more of like a mental piece and you're trying to just like relax and such. Whereas this Ramwad puts you in like contorted positions um, over a lengthier time to stretch, right? To, to release those muscles and everything that's in it. So, um, you know, most athletes, I think when they stretch, you know, they do it just to loosen up, you know, 30 seconds or something, you know, uh, your calisthenics or whatever. But, you know, when I start looking and reading and the philosophy behind this is, is that, you know, when you stretch, your mind says fight or flight. So it takes like 30 seconds for your mind to send the signals to release the muscles. So then you can start to stretch and you can start to really feel the gain of the stretching. So um, we're holding the pose for three minutes four minutes sometimes, you know, one pose, just focusing on breathing, of course, but uh, passively, everything's passive, passively, you know, just letting your weight make your body stretch. And yeah, it's remarkable. Nice. Good. Uh, and it's important, right? When you're, you're working in a, in a high stress situation and, you know, it's important that you, you do some things to take care of yourself too. Um, and that's good. Um, Sports. Um, did you play any, or do you still play any sports? Um, what's your favorite sport to kind of play? When I was growing up, I started young, right? As, as soon as I could play sports, I was playing t-ball, soccer, basketball. My mom wouldn't let me play football until I was in sixth grade. Um, played football ever since, right? When I was in sixth grade, I played football all the way up. Um, football, basketball, and baseball. I lettered in uh, high school four years for those three. Um, you know, I don't know. I probably could have went to college. I never tried. You know, I think about, like, some of the people that I played with and went to play college football. You know, I'm not saying I was a D1 athlete or anything, but, uh, like, to go to a, you know, a D2, three school, I probably could have done it. But I didn't want to focus that much. Like, I wanted to enjoy the college experience a little bit more. When I went to college, I played a lot of intramurals. Um, so I played everything in college, right? Like, and we were competing against each other, um, like flag football, softball, a story about flag football, uh, volleyball, dodgeball, um, hockey. Um, I I mean, you name it. Like if there was a sport, I was doing it. Um, and I'm a pretty athletic guy. You know, people think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big guy, but I I think I can move a little bit. So, um, I I won a bunch of, uh, you know, like school championships or whatever. Um, when we had my, my intramural football team, my flag football team, I didn't even know this existed until we were in it, but uh, there was a, a tournament. And we ended up winning our college intramural league. And then they sent us to play in a regional tournament. Oh. So we went to Ithaca, New York to play like flag football. And we were like, all right, it's Cordell University. It was like, what are we doing up here? So 
We were actually like we didn't know until it was all over. We were six points. We lost the last game by six points. If we would have won, and we didn't know how to play. Like we didn't know that you know certain people couldn't go but so far, and that you know like you could the quarterback couldn't rush all the you know run all the time, and like like there was just things we didn't know. We were six points away from being sent to Texas to play in the National Flag Football Championship tournament. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. That's fun. Uh, we also played uh, – I mean, I guess technically I was a Division One athlete because uh, I played intramural – or uh, I played uh, Ultimate Frisbee for my college. Mm-hmm. And we played other colleges. Mm-hmm. So we played like the University of Pittsburgh, the University of West Virginia, like James Madison. Like we were playing these big schools and, you know, we were pretty good and they – Ended up winning some of them, which was yeah. weird. But, uh, yeah. So now, to answer the question, um, what's my favorite sport to play? It's so hard. Um, I would really like to play football. Um, I don't know that my body would let me, you know. Like, that's the thing there. Um, so, I played. I still play, uh, like, softball leagues. You know, volleyball. I still try to do that from time to time. Um, they do have uh, ultimate frisbee leagues that my buddies have been trying to get me to play, but you know, like we've discussed, my time just isn't there. But uh, if I could play one, it'd, be, it'd still be football, no doubt. You know, uh, uh, a lot of us, a lot of us that played the game before, it, it never fully leaves us. We always, we always want to go back. It, our, right. bo- our, our bodies, our bodies uh, phase out of it, but our minds always <laughs> kind of want to go back to it. All right. So we talked a little bit about food when we were on the chicken wing uh, question, but you know, what, what's your, what's your favorite food? Or in this case, you know, what, what are you, what are you making that you love the most in that, uh, that green egg favorite, favorite thing. If I would go with my egg ribs, mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. I put these ribs, I put my, my rub on them. I'm making my own rubs now. I put my rub on there, um, smoke it for about four hours, um, take it off, put a little sauce on it, put it back in. Oh, now I'm the, I, from what I understand now is that there's different types of people that like to eat ribs. Like people like to actually like chew their ribs. Like I only thought that there was one type of rib eating person. Like if the if the ribs didn't fall off the bone, I thought they were cooked incorrectly. Yeah. So yeah. that's uh, ribs and uh, you know mac and cheese. You got to have the mac. And- oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. I'm a, I'm with you on those two. I've made I've made ribs in my smoker so much that I I got to take a break from them so I can fully uh, come back to them again. A brisket is nice. Mm. A brisket is nice. If you if you've got 16 hours to cook a brisket. That could be, uh, yeah, I, I did that only twice. One, because a brisket's a pretty expensive piece of meat, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's so much of it, you know, like I, I can't eat that, you know. Yeah. I, take, I take that to parties. Like when I go to a Super Bowl party, that's mm-hmm. what I take. Yeah. So you got enough of it to, to share. I've made them a, a couple of them when we've had people over to the house. Uh, for different things and for the first one I messed up it was it wasn't as as good it was still tasty edible right everybody ate it and whatnot but for me I'm like this could be so much more oh yeah everybody's like I'm my worst critic 
Like yeah. everybody's like, oh, this is the best thing I ever ate. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, and then I start to judge them. I'm like, well, have you ever ate anything good before? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's like, all right. Because this is, this is mediocre. Even though I made it, it's mediocre. There, it could be so much better. Yeah, you don't need to just, you know, make me feel better now. No, don't, yeah. don't hold the punches now. Yeah, yeah. The, we, we take more pride in our culinary work than to just be, yeah. uh, you know, appeased by your words. Never accept mediocrity. No, no, no way. All right, so the next thing and the last one in this little uh, speed sets, you know, again, there's not, they're never fast. I should just change the name of them uh, to something else. <laughs> Um, you're, uh, you got a favorite music genre, whether, you know, for, you know, training or, or anything, you got a specific favorite music genre. I mean, I don't know what the genre is, you know, now, like it used to be like metal, you know what I mean? Like the hard rock, you know, like the, the, uh, you know, Rob Zombies, Corns, you know, Metallica's like those kind of, uh, you know, ACDC, you know, like those type of, uh, of groups that would be the group that I'd want to uh you know most likely to work out mm -hmm. uh, so uh, the hard rock type stuff and and I know you and I have uh you know we've attended at least one concert together yeah uh, old, sunny, uh, old sunny Ledford sunny Ledford yeah I mean we attended the same concert that uh you know you met your girlfriend at the time yeah when um she invited herself <laughs> yeah the garth the garth brooks show <laughs> it's all right hey she never listens to the podcast all right so we could tell the whole story well i wish that she could see this video because i'm getting really close to that camera so oh i I, I, I could show it i could show it to her I <laughs> cold just looking at it yeah like, I know the story. I know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, to summarize it briefly, uh, I, you know, Travis and I were going to get tickets uh, for Garth Brooks and Raleigh together. So I said, "Yeah, give me two tickets." You know, so he he got on the thing and and you know waited in the line for God knows how long on on the online queue and, and got tickets to Garth Brooks. All right. And my now wife, um, I had met her a few weeks prior to these tickets. And then I'm telling her after we purchased them that we got these tickets. And, uh, you know, she kind of invited herself to come along. <laughs> and I, I said, it was a kind of like. <laughs> like she wasn't going to miss, uh, wasn't going to miss Garth Brooks when she heard I had an extra ticket. So. Uh, it, it was all good. It was okay with it. And she actually wound up getting tickets. Did you get tickets for the next night too? Or, or? no, it was just the, the one night. Yeah. I just, oh. got the one night. Yeah, I, she actually wound up and I guess it all worked out because you know, I had the tickets that you and I had bought together and then she got tickets for the next night. So well, we went to the, the Garth Brooks show two nights in a row. So that was, that was pretty fun. So, but yeah, I'll, I, I can show her the video. I'm going to make her listen to the podcast too. Be like, listen, you gotta, <laughs> for whatever reason, she doesn't listen to them. Right? And even when it's like people like you that she's friends with and knows, she, just, she doesn't listen to them. I think she's, she's a little bit um, upset because she hasn't been on an episode yet. 
Well, you could call her and we could like three-way chatter, you know, like in those yeah. uh, prank calls. Yeah. You'd be like, hey, you remember the first time that we had this, you know, the first time that we met? And it was like, yeah, you were so sweet and invited me. And I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> play the prices right. You know, you got it wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but it all, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, she's so. a great lady. Like, I really enjoy Katie, you know. Even yeah. though she wears the wrong colors, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it uh, it's been it's been crazy how life is life is gone. All right, so we have a, a special segment of the show uh, along the lines of music, um, our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week, and we have a Spotify playlist, and people e- each guest that's on the show gets to pick. Um, one song to add to that playlist and I put the playlist in the show notes and people can go and listen to it. So while we're on the topic of music, Mr. Travis Atkinson, what would be your pick for the Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week this week? This is so hard. Um, I just keep thinking, you know, it's got to be a good song, but I don't, I just don't, Every song that I can think of would be something that I might not think would be as in a, would be as appropriate as I think. You know, like some of the bands I listen to, like Five Finger Death Punch. You know, I love, like, I I love Five Finger. They have a bunch of good songs, but uh, you know, uh, they're Blue on Black. Mm. That's a great tune. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'd probably say that one. I'd probably say that one. I do enjoy that. It's not as upbeat, but, you know, for all practical purposes, it is, in fact, appropriate. Um, yeah. I finger Death Punch, Blue on Black. Now, they've, they've recorded a few different versions of that. Um, have you heard the most recent one that they recorded with, um, I think, Brantley Gilbert's in it? Um, yeah. yeah, couple, yeah. A couple other artists. Yeah, I and mean, it's a... Uh, it's a great uh, cover song for Blue on Black. I think, what was it? Blue on Black is, uh, is uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, right? Originally uh, recorded that song. And there's been a couple other bands of the, like I know um, Smith and Myers, right? The lead singer of Shinedown and the lead guitar player uh, was it Zach, Zach Smith, I think, and Brent Myers. They start doing acoustics and they get to cover that song. But Five Finger Death Punch, Blue on Black. We're going to add that one to our Weight Room Song of the Week playlist. Right, again, chosen by our special guest today, Mr. Travis Atkinson. You know, remember to search for that on Spotify. So, Travis, um, is, uh, is there anything, you know, anything else you want to bring up? Anything, you know, exciting coming in the future? Uh, anything else you'd like to uh, bring to our audience as uh, we take this thing in for a landing? Oh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, you know, for the people that, that listen, you know, like you said, to, to be, you know, kind of a, a role model, I'd say, uh, you know, don't, uh, the, the one piece we haven't really talked about is, uh, me working at Delta, right. Working mm. at, the air, at the airport, you know? Yeah. So, uh, when I, when I, and how I became, how, how I came across doing that was, uh, you know, I'm a teacher. We, we, we all know, I mean, whatever, however your feelings are on it, but, uh, you know, teachers don't make a ton of money. Um, but I had goals to travel, you know, so I decided to put my time in to get the benefit. Right. So I work for Delta. Uh, I worked for them for like five or six years now. 
um, and they give me the flights so I can fly around the world, you know, like um, um, for free or, or next to nothing, you know. So um, I tell people this story and they're like, no, you no, 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 like you're making this up. But like legit, like it's it's great being able to, you know, there are some restrictions or whatever. But like I woke up one day, this is a true story. I woke up one day and I was like, you know, I'm really fancy in a crate. So I went to the airport. I was on a plane in like three hours from the time that I made that decision. I flew to Paris. I went to this place. I've been to Paris like four times. Um, I went to this place that I know that has really good crepes that I went to the last few times I was there. I ate a couple of crepes, walked around the city. Um, and the next day I went back on the plane and came home. So I was in Paris for a day just because I wanted to eat crepes. Like, the, the amount of freedom and flexibility that it allows you to, you know, live your life the way that you want. Like we, we, we gotta be able to think outside of the norm, right? Like think about what you want to accomplish and think about get outside the regular box. Think of something crazy, right? Like, and that's the, that's the hustle. You know, like going back to the first thing we talked about, like, how do you get what you want? How do you get everything that you want? You know, I'm a teacher. I'm a firefighter. I don't make a lot of money. I am sitting, you know, first class or business class. You know, they they were serving me warm chocolate chip cookies one at a time. When I got done, they're like, sir, would you like another? And I'm like, yes, ma'am, I would. And she noticed that my milk in my glass was running low. And she's like, can I fill that up for you? And I was like, yes, ma'am, I appreciate you. You know, like um, when you work hard and you think outside of the regular box, right, and, and the regular confines, um, as, as Dave Ramsey says, right, Dave, I, I read, a, you know, all these he says, live like no one else so you can live like no one else. And when you think about that in depth, it's, you know, it could change everything. Oh, I mean, the, uh, and we, you know, we said it, that's, that's why I wanted to bring you on because you do, you, you think differently than anyone else I've ever met and the opportunities that you have gotten yourself to just from hustling and, you know, there's an, there's a chance here, take it, do it. Oh, there's a chance. Now there's something to improve upon here and make this part of your life better. You've done it. Right. Like, you know, you, you, you own, you own, you know, what, two, two houses, three now, yeah, three, three houses. All right. So you're, you're, you're helping, you know, support yourself, you know, through real estate and there's, there's all kinds of things and we could talk forever and spin off on all kinds of different things about you, but uh, I'm, I'm glad, you know, to be your friend. I'm glad that we stay in touch. Uh, you know, obviously we would love to see you more, uh, but that is what it is. So it's what we can't, can't do much about that but again that's that's why i wanted you to bring your story because you are uh individual uh like no other that i've ever uh, met met and interacted with in life and i've learned a lot um from my time with you and um, i hope our listeners enjoyed uh hearing from you and Let hearing me tell you this one other story now that it comes to my mind thinking about these if we've got some time like um i was in college and a buddy of mine was a, a, an international business major. And he says to me, he says, we're on our way to Best Buy. 
I remember this conversation. I mean, we were in his car, we're driving to Best Buy. Um, and well, we're going down there to, to, to you know, take advantage of the company because they had mismatched signs and, you know, anyway, they ended up paying us when we left the store, but that's not the story. Um, he says, I'm an international business major and I need to study abroad as part of his major program. And I was like, all right, you know, and I'm talking to him. He's like, well, you know, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? How did all this happen? You know, like, and all this stuff. And he's like, man, he says, the only thing that would fit into my schedule is to go to Korea. And I was like, cool, man. Like, when are you going? And he says, he, he says to me, he says, I said, you know, I'm asking him all these questions. He says, well, I had to take the language. I had to take like three semesters of the language as part of the international business program. And then I have to go there for a semester and you know, then I meet the requirement. And I was like, cool. Like I'm asking him a ton of questions. And he says to me, he says, uh, you want to go? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like just like that, you know, like it was just like that. You gotta be able to get out of your comfort zone. Like I went to Korea, he ended up getting homesick. He ended up, you know, coming home early and I'm the only person over there that is like me. And by that, I mean, like, I'm six foot two, I'm white, I've got facial hair, you know what I mean? Like, um, I'm English speaking, where all of these other people are, you know, Korean. I'm not in one of the major cities. It's, you know, kind of, a, it's like the fourth largest or whatever, like there's a university there. So I was an international student, I was, you know, in a random place, I I spoke the language not hardly at all, um, and it was like, yeah, why not? And some of those relationships that I gained over there and that experience that I have over there, like, it's second to none. You know, like there's no one that, well, oh, put me in a time when you were uncomfortable. Well, I was in the middle. I was, you know, just the, just that kind of an experience. You know, and 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 the world. Oh, the world's a scary place, right? Just like anything else, you know, like people, uh, you start to look at a car and you're like, I can't fix that car. I don't know anything about cars. Well, when you start to learn a little bit about cars, then it's like, oh, well, it's not as bad as I thought it was. You know, it's not as difficult as I thought it was. Well, the world is a bad place, but it's a difficult place. It's a complicated place. But if you start to learn a little bit about it and if you have an open mind where you can, you know, be respectful and responsible to other people, other people's cultures and traditions. Like when I went to Korea, I had to let my hair grow out. I got a bald head. I've always had a buzzed head. Like, I, like that's what I do. Um, but they're like, no, nah, man, when you come over here, you got to have long hair because that's just their tradition. You know, like, um, boy, this place would be a lot better. You know, it'd be a lot nicer. We, we, get along a lot easier if we could just be a little more respectful, responsible, get out of our comfort zones for a little bit, take advantage of other opportunities, learn about other people and, you know, make a better life. Amen, man. Like, again, you, you got I completely forgot about your time in, in Korea. I remember you telling me about that as well when we were, we were working together. Sorry. I used to dress up like that on uh, I have that traditional Korean costume I would wear for our international day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's when you told me about it. Cause you wore yeah. that. You wore that. So yeah, it's uh again, I, I don't, I don't have much to say. You, you said it, you, you said it all. And, 
again, I really hope people enjoy this. The, the last thing I have for you, you have any uh, public social media uh, things that you put out there that if somebody, you know, really liked you know, this podcast and they wanted to follow you, do you have any public social medias that they could follow you at? No, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, it goes back to some other stuff, you know, like if I'm, I don't do a lot of that stuff. I, I probably should. You know, at school, they want me to make all of these social media things to put to put that stuff out there. But uh, I don't know. Like, I, if, if I'm doing all of those things, then I'm not doing the rest of the stuff that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, if somebody's moved by whatever I said and they want to reach out, you know, feel free to give them my contact or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, like, like yeah. I'm not afraid of that. But, uh, you know, I'm not trying to get famous, you know, by any, or, or try to sell anything or try to, you know, whatever. I'm just doing it, you know, mostly so I could chat with you for a little bit, you know, it's been a while. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So if you really enjoyed what Travis had to say here and you want (laughs) to, you want to let him know, uh, that you enjoyed the podcast or you want to, you want to reach out, you know, reach out to me at our podcast, social media handle at iron dread pod. Um, and I will make sure that Travis receives any messages that come in uh, that are for him. So, Mr. Atkinson, that's all I have for you. I thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to be on the show. Uh, and Hopefully, um, we will talk again soon. You got it, man. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Thanks again to Travis for stopping in and spending time with us and telling us his story. We're going to pause for a brief word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with everyone's favorite segment of the Iron Dread Podcast, and that is your Weight Room Song of the Week, presented, as always, by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. The Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. Available for all your DJ and line dance needs. Please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. So crank it up! Hi, this is Karen Walls from the Dexter High School administrative team, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Ah yes, this week's Weight Room Song of the Week, presented as always by Crank It Up DJ Service and Light Dance Instruction, and of course, chosen this week by our special guest, Mr. Travis Atkinson. This one comes from one of my favorite bands out there right now in rock music and Five Finger Death Punch, and their cover of the Kenny Wayne Shepherd hit, Blue on Black. Crank it up.
And there you have it, folks. This week's Weight Room Song of the Week, chosen by Mr. Travis Atkinson, Blue on Black, and Five Finger Death Punch. Well, folks, you can find that song and every Weight Room Song of the Week song on our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist. Just go to Spotify and search Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week, and you'll find that song and every song on our playlist in their entirety for your enjoyment. Well, folks, that's really all we got for this week. Please follow us on social media at Iron Dread Pod. I'm at Coach underscore Whitaker at Coach underscore Whitaker 66. Next week, we'll have Mr. Joe Cahill, phys ed teacher, track and field and cross country coach at Kingston High School in Kingston, New York on uh for episode number 47 we're slowly making our way to the milestone 50 episodes of the iron dread podcast working on a big big surprise uh, for episode 50 but until then remember strength is never a weakness tough people always win around here we're becoming dread stronger i'm chris whitaker Signing off.